I was thinking about that earlier, though. It's it's so weird because when we walked into it, uh-huh. it was brand new. I mean, it was okay. beautiful. Fresh paint, f- brand new carpet. I thank you for joining me on another episode of Memory Mission, a podcast where at the surface I sit down in the studio with guests and then just share our stories with you. But it's much deeper than that because my guests are longtime friends and family, and the stories we capture may make you scratch your head and wonder how we're still productive citizens, but I guarantee you'll enjoy listening to memories of our antics as I try to produce and shape them into engaging and fun audio stories. The next few episodes, probably about two or three of them, will be based on the college apartment that I lived in while attending school at Indiana University Bloomington. Uh, Just a little background, the apartment complex then was called Matlock Court Apartments. Currently, I think they're called Varsity Court Apartments. They're located uh, 300 East Matlock. It's the north side of Bloomington, right off of uh, 4546 near the the stadium and near Assembly Hall as well. Um, The complex contained about 40 or so three-story townhouse units. They kind of all surrounded a square parking lot. Um, Our apartment was uh, Matlock Apartment 18, and it was located at the back of a smaller U-shaped parking lot area within the apartment complex. The sidewalk in front of our door was pretty much a highly traveled um, thoroughfare to get to uh, the bus stop near the stadium, and from there, the bus took us to campus. And so, so it was pretty much a busy area. I moved into uh, Matlock Apartment 18 junior year. Mark, Kip, Mike, Nick, and Brian had already lived there for one year. So the apartment was pretty much broken in and broken by the time that I moved in. The boys had only lived there for one year, but the seeds of the legend of Matlock 18 were already firmly planted on the north side of Bloomington, Indiana. Seriously, and I'm not exaggerating, there had to have been several hundred different guests, party attenders, friends, and family who hung out in the apartment over the years. And I would bet my life savings that every one of them has a story about Matlock 18. And coincidentally, most of those stories have a common theme of filth and funk. But mostly everybody fondly remembers it for the fun that was had from 1997 to 2000 at Matlock Apartment 18, as it was the premier destination for all things unholy. In the coming few episodes, you'll hear from former Matlock 18 tenants Mike, Mark, Kip, Nick, Brian, and Eppert. You'll get a perspective from our close friend Shane, who lived a few apartments down from apartment 18. You'll also hear from my mom, dad, brother, and sister as they share their perspective of Matlock 18 and the times they had while visiting. It was pretty, pretty cool to sit down with each of them, either in person or virtually, to capture their memories. So for everyone who joined me, I truly, truly thank you for your time doing this. As a rookie podcaster and audio storyteller, it's hard to get the essence of such a legendary place in a few half-hour episodes. But just know that Matlock 18 is listed on the National Register of Historical Places. After we moved out and got sued, The management of Matlock Apartments made plans to tear down the unit and install a beach volleyball court. However, a small battle ensued to designate the structure as historical, so the building lives on. 
no volleyball court installed, and whatever college students currently live there have absolutely no clue what went down within the hole-punched walls in Matlock Apartment 18 over 20 years ago. In this episode, the boys disclose that it was actually a nice apartment when they signed the original lease. We then get into what people thought the first time that they walked into Matlock 18. And lastly, we describe a smell that literally left a stain on your soul. Mike, Mark, Brian, Kip, and Nick all lived in the McNutt dorms on the north side of campus at Indiana University. At the end of freshman year, they had to decide where to live for sophomore year. Mike's brother, Mark, lived in Matlock Apartment Complex. So that's where the guys decided to live as well. This decision changed the course of life as we know it. Mike is one of the original five tenants who had a vision. A vision to turn an ordinary apartment on the north side of Bloomington, Indiana, to the premier destination of college students in the late 1990s. Him and I met via the darn Zoom thing, and he talked about what the apartment looked like brand new. Dude, and I remember going in and talking to the uh, talking to the lady, and we were signing the damage deposit. I'm sure this will get brought up later on. Okay. Uh, but anyways, we're we're talking we're like, yeah, no problem. You know, a thousand dollar damage deposit, not a big uh-huh. deal, no big deal. Uh, we're in, we like it. It was honestly really nice. Matlock <laughs> was honestly nice, man. It, it had a huge basement. Nick is one of the original five visionary freshmen who had a vision of turning a simple, clean apartment into the premier destination on the north side of Bloomington. I met with him virtually from his home in a much warmer environment. He described his thoughts of what 18 looked like when they first moved in. You know how it is when you move into a new part- okay. apartment. There's like a fresh oh. coat of paint on the walls. There's brand new carpeting all okay. throughout. You know, everything's in perfect working order. Brian is one of the original five with the vision. He is also a founding father of an elite sports league. Here he is comparing the McNutt dormitory to the clean townhouse palace that was Matlock 18. Now, please know this is the one and only time the word clean will be used in the same sentence with Matlock 18. But it seemed like it was a pretty nice little, like, townhouse apartment you know what i mean like it was like hey this is this is pretty mm-hmm. darn decent when we moved in there i mean obviously freshman year you're in the crap dorms exactly. you know what i mean you no move into this you move crammed. into this townhouse that's right. like um like, is that the proper term townhouse i think it, it was is, right? it was a three-story you know, three, townhouse yeah. so uh, you move into this thing and it's like to us it's like state-of-the-art right you know what i mean like um yeah state-of-the-art for a couple months One of our longtime pals, Shane, who is also another founding father of a very successful sports league, lived a few apartments down from us in Matlock 18. So he was able to hang out at 18 all the time, but he was fortunate enough to be able to evacuate to the fresh air of his apartment. Here is Shane describing his thoughts the first time he walked into our apartment. Shane is seriously such a lovable friend who is filled with nothing but care and concern. Shane, thank you for your compassion. 
And Shane, matter of fact, lived a few houses down in Matlock Apartments as well. That is true. So Shane has a shared experience on living uh, in Matlock, but just a little bit different in that he was just kind of, he was a friend. He was a visitor who came. So Shane, the first time that you walked into Matlock 18, uh, what were some of the first thoughts that popped in your head? What a shithole. (laughs) Who could live like this? And kind of concerned for my friends and their well-being. I guess those are my first thoughts when I walked in. Care and concern. Yeah. You you just went to concern. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be something seriously wrong with people to be living like that. You've heard my father, Joel, in previous episodes describing me growing up in Sunnymead. It was crazy getting his thoughts about having a child who lived in such a picturesque environment. You know, the older you get, the more you put things into perspective. So it's wild when you do the math of how old my dad was then compared to how old I am now. When I moved to Bloomington in the fall of 1998, Joel was 43 years old. I am 43 years old right now. And I also currently have a child attending IU right now. But see, when I stay at Dylan's apartment, I don't walk into a cloud of funk. I don't have to bring my own slippers just to step in the shower. I don't see giant holes punched in the drywall. And I don't feel scared of what will crawl on me when I fall asleep. So thank you, Dylan, for not living like we did. But my mother and father, on the other hand, did walk into all of those things. Here is Joel describing how proud he was of us for maintaining such a prestigious household. When you walk into um, Matlock Apartment 18, uh, just describe, you know, describe to me how proud you were of your son and his friends for living in such a magnificent palace. Two words, Animal House. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean... You, 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 on the outside, it just looked like a regular townhome, uh-huh. you know? Yep, yep. Row of Matlock buildings. Yep. But, man, once you open that door <laughs> and that 10-foot-long Budweiser banner yep. and the, the filth, it was... <laughs> I imagine, it, I, I suppose if you were in the service or in the Peace Corps and you go to some third-world country, I, I don't really know if they have fourth- or fifth-world countries, but that would describe the filth. <laughs> <laughs> in, uh, in Matlock, uh, that that was quite a shock. But other than that, it was just a spot. Matt lived with his <clears throat> with his buddies, who I'd known basically mm-hmm. all of them right. for some time, mm-hmm. and uh, we felt you know confident that you guys could survive, and you certainly did. My sister Rachel made several trips down to visit us at Matlock Apartment 18. We recorded virtually from her home in the Chicago area and cracked up reliving some of the stories of those trips. I mentioned perspective earlier. Rachel is about three years younger than me, so if she visited during my junior year of college, she was a senior in high school. And when she visited the following year, she herself was a freshman in college. Here she is describing how she would describe Matlock to somebody else. When you go to Matlock and you you might say, oh, let's go and visit a, a beautiful 
Bloomington. And then you walk in and it's not so much like that. Um, I was talking to Dave and he said, what do you think you would describe, how would you describe Matlock? I said, truly it was utter filth. Um, and he said, you know, he said, you know when you go to uh, like Brookfield Zoo and you see the hippo and they're they're taking a dump and their tails are wabbing it, waving it around in circles and all the poop is flying everywhere? I said, yeah, it's worse than that. I, I remember the stairs being filthy, you know, just like matted oh, down. Yeah. But the shower yep. is the one thing that I think about <laughs> that I would I would never even shower in there. And I remember no, you guys all wore slippers to shower in this, in because it was so well. Yeah, I might like, have, but or, yeah, uh, you know, like your slides. Or I just remember it being yep, 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 black, like dirt filled, yep. black on that uh -huh. shower floor, and. Yep. I can't recall who, but didn't somebody clean it so mom could take a shower? You did? I, I did, mean, yeah. I have visual evidence of it, too. I have a before and do after. Do you? Yeah. I just, I think yep. about that, and I think, wow, you must really love that woman for you to clean that, <laughs> that shower for her. <laughs> I don't know if I did it for her, well, but I, I kind of did it for myself, too, because it was pretty yeah, nasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next is my mother, uh, and here's some perspective. During those years, she was also around 43 years old or so. Uh, that's my wife and mine's current age. Uh, here she is describing some precautionary steps that she took to decrease the likelihood of being exposed to hazardous conditions while staying at Matlock 18. And then when you showered, uh, you were showered. Brave. What did you do there? I always brought my own towel. Okay. And I always wore flip flops in the shower. Why? It was a shower. Um, it was quite a dirty shower. I don't think you guys ever cleaned it. I have visual visual proof that I cleaned oh, you do? it once. Maybe on the last day there, so you would get your nope. deposit back. Nope, which we didn't get back either. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I wonder why. We got sued. Here's Nick again, describing how nasty the bathroom became. And I'm going to tell you that uh, he's he's not exaggerating at all either. Sadly, I have to share in the blame here because, you know, I, it's not like I was doing my part to keep the damn right. thing clean, but it was the most disgusting, wretched filth you've ever seen in your life. I mean, a cream color, like the color of my wall, <laughs> tubs around is what it looked like. And uh, uh, after weeks, months of use and not much cleaning, the bottom ended up looking yep. about like this. Yep. So you can you can see the contrast. Yep. And absolutely, horrendous. I can attest to that because I cleaned it, and I have audio, I have visual evidence. I have a before and after picture. Did you get Did you get leprosy? Uh, no, as, no. As a I, I think that's half the reason why I have such a good immune system. No joke. I have two pictures, uh, before and after. I mean, I even dropped the film off myself, had it developed, and picked it up a few days later. I'll have to dig them out and share them on Twitter and Facebook. Um, at Memory Mission, please follow and share. Now, a small word from one of our sponsors. This episode is all about a filthy college apartment with awful smells. 
If you want some good smells and a clean, friendly atmosphere, Beef O'Brady's on State Road 23 in Granger, Indiana would be a wise choice. Good burgers, tacos, wings, fajitas, and even surf and turf are on their menu. Check out their weekday restaurant deals and family meal deals. Also, you can check out their catering menu. Grabbing takeout food for the family is simple. Just order online for quick and easy pickup. They have a full-service bar and a party room that you can reserve for your family, friends, or business. As I've uh, mentioned before, I've rented out the party room a few times, and if you're like me and don't like to deal with all the little, little, little details like forks and knives, it's perfect for you. All you need to do is just call them up, uh, reserve the room, tell them how many people and um, what you would like to eat and drink, and that's it. They do the rest. You just mingle and have a great time. Give Beefs a call. The wait staff is wonderful. And the owner's a good dude as well. Side note about sponsors, Dagwood Subs in B-Town, we have an open slot just for you. Please consider partnering with us. There is nothing like a Dagwood Supreme on wheat with extra, extra special sauce. I've literally been buying that same sandwich from them for over 20 years. When I go down to visit my son in B-Town, it is a must that I get a Supreme. It's also a must that I bring a cooler packed with ice so I can bring my buddy Epper back a Supreme as well. That's how dedicated we are to your sub shop, Dagwoods. Please consider partnering with us. One of the questions that I asked mostly everyone was, uh, if it was your first time walking into Matlock 18, what would be your first words? Mike described it in science fair terms. But even Mr. Wizard or Bill Nye the Science Guy couldn't hypothesize how in the hell did we live in such rancid conditions. Here is Mike. If somebody walked into Matlock 18 in all of its glory, I'm talking at its peak glory. Okay. What would be the first words that would come out of their mouth? What the fuck? Because... <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Let me let me put it this way. You could put an apple on a table and do a time-lapse video of it. And on day two, it's looking okay. But by day fucking 50, it's probably pretty rancid. And by day 350, it looks like Matlock 18. <laughs> yes, that's the way. We were the 150-day it, it was so... Mark is one of the original five tenants with a vision. When I asked him the same question, he said that the first thing that new guests would notice is the scent. As you'll hear in the coming minutes, the smell that permanently permeated throughout Matlock 18 was one of a kind, to say the least. If somebody walked into Matlock 18 in all of its glory, I'm talking full-fledged Matlock, what would be the first words that would come out of their mouths? This place stinks. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by that? It, well, it, it's hard to describe the scent of, uh, you know, ages of beer and smoke and funk of guys that hadn't showered for weeks. <laughs> how those smell it just kind of seeped into the couches and the floor and the walls. So, yeah, I think that's your first... Um, that's what's going to hit you as soon as you open the door. And then you look at something. You look at the carpet or what used to be carpet that now has a... There's no fibers left. No. It's just kind of 
there. Uh -huh. It's part of the floor. Mm -hmm. um, Epper was another one of my roommates at Matlock Apartment 18. He lived with me my second year when I was down there. So Mark just mentioned the carpet. Here is Epper talking about the carpet's crunch as well. I mean, the carpet's crunch sounded more like Captain Crunch at times, and there was probably even actual Captain Crunch in the carpet. Here is Epper. And I'm not saying is there a bunch of book bags and shoes and items left all over the place. That's not the cleanliness I'm talking about. I think we all knew the rule that when you walk into Matlock 18, you keep your shoes on. Damn right. You, you can't take your shoes off. <laughs> because if you take your shoes off, your socks, if they're white or any other oh. light color, they're black. The carpet, and it had no give. <laughs> no. No. It was, <laughs> you stepped down and those fibers almost created a crunch. Yes. Like Fritos. Yes. Um, and real Fritos were probably in the carpet, too. There was a lot of things in that carpet, Matt. Um, crime scene shit. Cry, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. And what I forgot about is if you walked barefoot in the house, you had to wash your feet before you got in the shower to wash your feet. As you'll hear, when asked about the first thoughts about entering the apartment... Nick went right to the smell as well. Now, obviously, you can't visually see smell, but in Matlock 18, you can sure as hell taste it and feel it. And at times, I swear you can even hear it. You want to know what the smell in Matlock 18 sounded like? It sounded like doors closing. As Nick describes, sometimes the smell seemed to have caused the neighbor girls to close the door and stay away. If somebody walked into Matlock 18 in, in all of its glory. In all of its glory. Oh, after we after we had put some miles peak. on it, you mean? What would be the first yeah. words that would come out of their mouth, do you think? Oh my God, this place is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> where, where did this smell come from? It's completely, completely foreign to my nostrils. I've smelled some shit in my life, but... This takes the cake. I mean, absolute <laughs> disgusting. So we had we had neighbors that on both sides of us that yep. were girls. So five on one side, we five on the other. By 10 girls. And when we first when we first moved in, they spent a lot of time over there. But I think uh, you know a few, a few months into our tenure, that smell started to <laughs> emanate from every crack and crevice. <laughs> And uh, consequently, we 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 found it very hard to to get females to uh, <laughs> to frequent our apartment. Mike's description of the smell in Matlock 18 uh, needs no further explanation. He pretty much summed it up. The smell of Matlock 18 <laughs> is one of those smells that I will never, ever, probably ever smell again. All right. Let what, are me, your, what are your thoughts? Let on me that? touch on this. So, okay. law enforcement, right. I've been in some fucked up shit, um, and I will tell you, there is a distinct fucking smell when you walk into, like I've been into roach infested. I've been into places where people shit and don't have any plumbing. 
I've been into some of the most nasty fucking places ever, and it has a distinct smell. The clothes smell like it. Everything smells like it. It's disgusting. Now, I'm not saying we're that bad, but we might have been worse. Were we on the, were we on we, the way? <laughs> we, we, were, we were on our way there. I would have rather have struck a match to Matlock 18 when we left it than to try and repair it. But I have been through <laughs> some nasty fucking smelling roach infested fucking places. And um, yeah, I'm not proud. It's, it's not a proud moment. <laughs> I swear, I'm telling you, I used to pull out laundry sheets from my pockets and in my sleeves because I'd rub them all over my clothes right before I get into class because you could smell Matlock 18. No joke. I used to put dryer sheets in my sleeves and my pants pockets before I left the apartment just to help mask the smell. I'll never forget the day when I realized that I needed a clothing smell intervention. I was in a class that day, and now you have to remember some of our classes in these uh, big Big Ten schools, I mean, they had I mean, several hundred kids in there, huge lecture halls. But on this day, I was in one of my very small classes, about 15 to 20 of us in a small conference room. I had showered, put deodorant on, cologne, walked a half mile to the bus stop, rode the bus to campus, walked to the classroom building, and then sat down. I hadn't even been home in at least an hour, but I kept smelling this god-awful stench. It was then that I realized that my clothes were soaked with the putrid smell of Matlock Apartment 18. Here is Eppert describing what people's first words would be upon entering Matlock 18. If somebody walked into Matlock 18, somebody who had never been there, walked into Matlock 18 in all of its glory, what would be the first words that would come out of their mouths? Oh, shit. <laughs> and I say that for a couple reasons, Matt. Um, there's a certain odor that... that permeated almost through the door and when you when you open that door it hits you so hard <laughs> yes you you had to stop and think what the hell is this like is it funk <laughs> is it moldy carpet from all the kegs is yep. it rotting food still in the sink with the dishes piled up? I, you know, so it was a mixture of everything. Brian uses the delicate taste palettes of professional wine tasters and uses that as an analogy to rank the various unique smells that constantly permeated the air in Matlock Apartment 18. It's almost one of those things where, like, you know, the the big time wine drinkers they can have the the different notes, you know, like. A, you know, I can, you know, I mean, it's very similar. Matlock 18 is very similar. When I hear or think Matlock 18, uh -huh. the, I think the, if you were listing ingredients in order. Right. And this is just me. I'm sure everybody has their own different. Uh-huh. Stale beer is, would be the number one ingredient for Matlock 18. Stale, Stale beer. beer. Now, the rest of the order, I don't know. Right. But you got... Smoke. Yep. From many all, all different types of smokes. Yeah. 
Cigars, black and mild, black and mild, cigs, all of them. Yes. And then you got farts. Truth. It, I mean, there's some couches that were in Matlock 18 that literally, like, <laughs> now if you're going separate, if you're doing like, when I say the first ingredient is stale beer, that's yes. Matlock 18 as a whole. Right. Now there's other subsidiaries within okay. Matlock 18, okay. like certain couches, the main ingredient would be farts. Yes. I mean, cause just imagine the, the amount of alcohol that was being consumed and then the type, not only the amount, but the amount and the type of food that was also being consumed. You mix those together, and you have Matlock 18. Bambas, I mean, that's 3 a.m. pizza. Yeah, and, and food that didn't even go together. I mean, Peterson no, would no. whip up some of the Pasta most amazing concoctions. And cardboard and together. together. The sink was just the sink. The sink in itself, smell. that smell was just embedded oh, in there, too, yes. from people not doing their, their dishes. Yes. And yes. Brian mentioned the smells that were ingrained in the furniture. You have to remember, it's not like the furniture was brand new when we got it. So our couches and chairs were already well-aged before they even arrived in apartment 18. Next, Nick and Mike described the smell-soaked furniture and what would happen if you took a load off and plopped down into one of our couches or chairs. Yeah, we had uh, the the famous Cookie Monster blue couch <laughs> that I think we got for 10, 15 bucks at a thrift store or garage sale <laughs> that we had the whole time we were there, which, you know, for me, for me was two years, for you was three. I'm, I'm sure you dumped it after we Probably, left. Probably, but yeah, they, it, it, and we, they were never <laughs> washed, obviously, and they smelled. Uh, yeah, so nothing matched. Uh, no, nothing, nothing was, uh, what I would consider nope. quality. All pretty, pretty yep. subpar. You sit in it and you yep. fall to the floor, yep. basically. As you walked in, there was, okay, just your basic standard carpet. Uh, we had some really shitty furniture that, uh, if you sat in it, it didn't matter if someone was sitting in that for a day, two days, three days. If you sat in it hard enough and you were tired and just, oh, I need to relax, you would poof a fart smell out of the cushion that was something so rancid, um, it would make most people puke. But, we, you know, we built a tolerance to that. So it was pure nasty. And then, you know, just like everything else in that apartment, eventually it's going to soak in the smell. So you sit down and the, the first like tuft of air that comes wafting up out of the cushion is the, is the, the smell of death. <laughs> like a cloud of smoke. I swear I didn't fart, man. It wasn't me, man. Oh, little skull yeah. and crossbones just fly out of the, the air, man. Oh, oh brutal. Mm. When Nick told me that he still had a coat a good 10 years after he had left Bloomington that still had the smell in it, I was cracking up. He literally washed it over and over to try to get the smell out. He just couldn't do it. He said it was stuck in the fibers of the coat. Man, I truly wish that he would have packaged it up and kept that smell for all of eternity. And then I described to him the dryer sheet method as well. I don't know if I told you this, man, but um, I had a I had a winter coat when we were in college. It was a big, long, 
green, yeah. you know, a, uh-huh. a nice one. It was a big, long green one that I wore. And, Walking to class, dude, um, it's cold. I, t- I tend to, yeah, I tend to hang on uh-huh. to things probably a little longer than I dude, should. Dude, was the smell still on there? No. Dude, I, ke- I kept this coat, like, after... I started dating my wife and got married and get, you know, engaged, married. And years later at my house, I don't know, pro- probably 10 years after graduating college, that th- I could never get the smell oh, out of that coat. Sh- we washed it over <laughs> and over and over. <laughs> that is great, dude. You should have saved it. And- but I, ke- I kept it, you know, just for like the days yeah. like today, you know, it's eight degrees there that. That'd be like the only time I would wear but it. But dude, you should have saved saved it and put it in packaging and just have that smell because right now I think I don't know <laughs> if there's another that's something that I need to ask everybody is do you have any clothing artifact from then? I do, but the smell isn't in it. Um Oh dude, if if I still had that coat, smell trust it. me, it, it would be. Because I have in a there. couple shirts yeah. upstairs that I have, but I don't I'll go smell them, but I don't think I don't think they smell like eighteen. But I do know I'd be sitting in class and just the, the smell of 18 would permeate from your body or from your uh, clothes. And uh, I'd have dryer sheets in my in my sleeves and shit. I'd rub dryer sheets on my body before I walked in and cologne. and Because you knew that it reeked. Oh, it reeked. It was awful. That's hilarious. Thank you for listening to another episode of Memory Mission. I hope it reminded you of your college apartment and the crunch the carpet made as you walked across it, or maybe reminded you of the smell that made a permanent home in your clothing and skin. Maybe when you think of the zoo, you think of your college apartment. Everybody does, right? I do appreciate you spending your valuable time listening. Uh, I do have a few favors to ask our listeners. Uh, Please be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us on. We're on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, to name a few. Please be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Memory Mission, and on Facebook, at Memory Mission. Also, I want to hear your comments, your thoughts, what you love about the show, what you'd love to hear on the show, or anything that you think I can do to improve. Reach out, memorymission at gmail.com, or message me on Twitter or Facebook. If you can think of anyone who you think would appreciate the show, please be sure to pass that along as well. Thank you once again for listening.